Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit comicweb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. Monday is President's Day, and in honor of the office, this week's podcast is an episode of Mr. President. And you have to listen to the entire episode to figure out which president it is. It first aired on July 10th, 1947. Mr. President, starring Edward Arnold. The American Broadcasting Company and its affiliated stations present Mr. President. Mr. President, at home in the White House, the elected leader of our country, our fellow citizen and neighbor. These are little-known stories of the men who've lived in the White House. Dramatic, exciting events in their lives that you and I so rarely hear. The true human stories of Mr. President. Let's visit Mr. President in the White House. It's evening, and only one window shows a light, a study on the ground floor. We find ourselves at the front door. Come right in, please. The President's expecting you through this door, please. Go right in. Some visitors for you, Mr. President. Hello. Sit down, won't you? I wonder if you think, uh, the way I used to, that the President is pretty much above ordinary human feeling. That somehow he doesn't have the fun and the unhappiness, too, that goes with everyday living. I found out that I was wrong. That's the main reason I want to tell you tonight's story. It's true, of course, and hardly known at all. Now, uh, which of our 32 presidents was I when it actually happened? (laughs) I'll tell you later on. But meanwhile, see if you can't guess. It was late one afternoon when my secretary, Miss Sarah, came into my study with a familiar look in her eye. I haven't been able to finish the day's mail. Your son... Oh, isn't John back yet? I don't know why you sent him out to look at houses. You haven't changed your mind about staying in Washington indefinitely, have you? Mm, yes, and then again, no. But why? Well, you see, this is the type of house on which I value John's opinion. As your aide? Mm, partly. Or as your son? Mm, partly. I'm sorry, Mr. President. I, I guess I'm a little slow today. I'm disappointed in you, Miss Harry. You're usually two jumps ahead. <laughs> but if you're going to give John a house for a wedding present, why don't you pick it? I have. Oh? Excuse me, I, I'm back. Oh, come in, John. Come in. Uh, which house did you like best? Hello, Miss Harry. Hello, John. The red and white brick one in Georgetown, naturally. I like that one, too. Uh, has it got enough rooms for uh, two or three children? Well, you didn't say your friends have children, Dad. Well, they haven't right now, but I imagine that after a time... Oh, then, this house is perfect. Well, why don't you show it to Mary when she comes down next week? Uh, get her opinion, too. Ask her about the children's rooms. Mary? Well, Mary's hardly an expert on that. Uh, I can see you know very little about women. Nevertheless, I think she ought to see it. Don't you, Miss Sarah? Definitely, Mr. President. 
Will you excuse me? I'll stay and help Miss Sarah, Dad. Oh, I don't think there's anything that pressing. I beg your pardon, Mr. President. The House Majority Leader, Mr. Warren, is here. Oh, yes, that's right. He called earlier to say he had to see me. I have him come in, Miss Sarah. Certainly. Please go in, Mr. Warren. See you at dinner, Dad? All right, son. Good afternoon, John. Hello, Mr. Warren. I'm just leaving. Go right in. Well, thank you. Thank you. Hello, Warren. Sit down, won't you? Thank you. Mr. President? I think I know what's on your mind, Warren. May I make it easy for you? Yes. There's one way that you could. It's about the appointment of General Fairbanks as Secretary of War, isn't it? You know... You could make it easy for me and all the members of our party by telling me the rumor I heard today is not true. Well, what's your objection to the general? You mean you seriously intend to appoint him? Why, why it's political suicide, Mr. President. He, he's of the other party and will probably run against you in the next election. Well, he's the best man for the job. Do you mean to say that in all this country you can't find someone else with the necessary qualifications? Have you any suggestions? Well, no, but... Mr. President, the the opposition press and and our own, too, are constantly attacking you for holding Secretary Johnson over from the previous cabinet. Why, why, these men are not even of your own party. I know that. But there are other considerations. Johnson was a good Secretary of Interior for my predecessor. He deserves to keep the post. Well, that's as may be. But, but on top of that, to appoint Fairbanks, why... I'm not playing politics, Mr. Warren. But Fairbanks wants to be the next president. He'll do anything to win. If you bring him into your cabinet, you'll you'll guarantee your own defeat. Mr. Warren, I'll fight the next election when it comes. Right now, I'm interested in seeing the country have an efficient government. But you can have good government and smart politics, too, sir. Well, I could argue that with you, Warren. <laughs> All right. All right, Mr. President. Suppose, suppose you appoint him. And the Senate confirms. As Secretary of War, his activities would come under my committee in the House. Good, Warren. I know you'll work with him. Oh, well, that's correct, sir. But as to the other members, I, uh, well, I can't say a thing. You know, they may hamstring him. Even those of our party? Well, I know they resent it, sir. Oh, won't you, won't you please reconsider? I'll let you know, Warren. Hmm. Oh, one more thing, Mr. President. I, I... What is it? Well, it's about... It's about your son, John, Henry Lawrence. You mean the editor of the Washington Star? Mm-hmm. There's some kind of personal feud going on between them. Well, Lawrence attacks me pretty cons- consistently, you know, and John resents it. Oh, but I know Lawrence, Mr. President. At any moment, he may begin to attack John. <laughs> that might be good for him. Well, but I, I, I see something else at stake, too. Lawrence has been attacking your appointments. You can ignore him about that, but if he were to attack you on your son's position... I the... can't stop him from doing that. But you can ask John to be careful. Oh, I'm sure he will be, Warren. John wouldn't embarrass me, I know. And besides, he has ambitions for his own career. Mr. President, uh, I... By the way, uh, you're coming to the reception next Tuesday evening. John's fiancée is coming down from Boston. I want you to meet her. But I... I... <laughs> ah, thank you, sir. Good day, Warren. Good day, Mr. President. <laughs> How do you... Oh, Mr. Lawrence. I wonder if you can help me. 
I need three invitations to the reception next Tuesday evening. Oh? Through some uh, oversight, I haven't been invited. Uh, besides, I'll have two important people with me that evening. They're very anxious to come. Well, the, um, the fact is, Mr. Lawrence, I'm afraid I can't add to the guest list now. Why not? I haven't the authority. I'm awfully sorry. And, uh, who has the authority? Mr. President is the host, of course. Is he free at the moment? Well, you have no appointment. Uh, take a look, Miss Sarah. He might just possibly be free. Very well. Mr. President. Yes? Have you a moment to talk to Mr. Lawrence? Is he here? Mr. President, I was asking Miss Sarah for three invitations to the reception. Including yourself, Lawrence? Yes. It's to be a very small reception. Well, I was explaining to Miss Sarah that Oh, I... that's all right. That's all right. I hope you won't give them... <laughs> I know that you hope that I won't give them to you, huh? Well, I'm going to fool you. Give Mr. Lawrence three invitations, Miss Sarah. But, Mr. President, the list... Mr. Lawrence has a right to come to the White House. Miss Sarah, even if he doesn't feel very friendly towards its occupants. All right, Lawrence. Thank you, Mr. President. And, uh, good day, Miss Sarah. Mary's coming down the stairs now. Ah, she looks lovelier every time we see her. You're a lucky man, John. Oh, I tell her that, but she won't believe me. You try it, Dad. Mary? Am I late, John? Oh, good evening, Mr. President. Oh, you're never too early, darling. A born diplomat, isn't he? Don't you believe it, Mary. That's not what he really thinks. Good evening, Mary. Oh, Miss Sarah, it's so nice to see you again. Already a dozen people have asked to meet you. Oh. People, Miss Sarah, or men? <laughs> ah, that's the penalty for having a beautiful fiancé. <laughs> John, we'd better go into the party. Yes. You'll excuse us, Dad, Miss Sarah. Come along, Mary. Oh, they're a very lovely couple. Well, here we are. But, John, is the party in this ante room? No, but I haven't had a chance yet to... Oh, my hair, John, careful. Oh, I suppose if I took you in my arms, you'd worry about your dress, too. Oh, John... John, I... Somebody might come in. Oh, we're very properly engaged. But this is the White House. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we're going right into the reception. Oh, I'd rather stay here, but... All right. My arm, madam. Thank you, sir. I throw wide the portal. We step majestically into the room. <laughs> oh, John. Say, <laughs> so you haven't met Josh Warren, have you? Oh, I'd love to. Oh, he's right over there with Miss Sarah. Oh. Well, I'm glad you think Excuse me, Miss Sarah. I wanted Mary to know Mr. Warren. Oh, I'm delighted to meet you, Miss Clark. My father sends you his regards, Mr. Warren. Oh, thank you. This is your first White House reception, isn't it, Mary? I feel I ought to take notes. They'll ask me so many questions back in Boston. Mr. Warren? What? Isn't that Henry Lawrence over there? Henry Lawrence? Yes. Now, how did he... I think he's joining us. Good evening, Warren. Delightful party, isn't it? Oh, oh, hello, Lawrence. Uh, you know everyone, I suppose. How are you, Miss Sarah? Good evening. Uh, Mr. Lawrence, editor of the Washington Star, Miss Clark, Mr. John's fiance. Well, I like you better than the pictures I've seen in our papers, Miss Clark. Thank you, Mr. Lawrence. Good evening, John. 
Good evening. You look surprised to see me here. Since you mentioned it, Mr. Lawrence, I am surprised to see you here. Oh, why? After what you've been writing about the president? I'm sorry you don't agree with me. Honest criticism is one thing. Back alley sniping is another. Is that what your father calls? And on top of that, you have the gall to come here. Maybe I misunderstood. You're not the host, are you? Well, host or not, Mr. Lawrence, you're not welcome here. Your own self-respect ought to tell you that. Just what do you know about self-respect? I might give you a lesson. You? A man in a public position he's not qualified to hold? Who only has the position because his father gives it to him? A messenger boy feeding off the public? You don't have to shout, Mr. Lawrence. It must run in your blood. Your mother came from a family of political thieves, and your father held a grafting job when he was young. That's a lie. And now you follow in his footsteps. (laughs) I suppose if the truth were known, we'd find that your mother's grafting on the public payroll, too. Get out of here, Lawrence. I was invited by your father. Get out. No matter why you came or who invited you, get out. I told you I'm an invited guest. Get out or I'll throw you out. John. We'll finish this, John. But I think we can find a better place and a better time. Good night, Warren. Good night, Miss Sarah. Miss Clark. I, I, I never heard of a man acting like that. John, he did have an invitation. Oh, Miss Sarah, Mr. Warren, I, I don't want my father to know what, anything about what he said. You must promise me you won't say anything. It had hurt him terribly. You too, Mary. Well, as you say, John, but I, I think you're wrong. It may not end here. I won't have my father hurt by a man like that, no matter how it ends. Your father's coming this way, John. Oh, John. Yes, sir? Didn't I just see Lawrence leave? Did anything happen? It, uh, it was my fault, sir. Your fault? Well, you know I dislike Lawrence. When I saw him here, I lost my head and insulted him. Of course, he became angry and left. But what did you say? Well, I hardly remember, sir. I was so angry. Well, it was it was all personal, entirely between Lawrence and myself. I'm very sorry, sir. Well, let's not spoil the party. The music's good, and I, I feel like enjoying myself. Mary, isn't this my dance? Thank you, sir. Good morning. Your first visit is at 9.30, and here's the military appointment list and the morning papers. Hmm? Oh, oh, yes, the papers. Something wrong, Mr. President? Mm, no. Why? I thought you appeared concerned. Oh, I find social gatherings very tiring, Miss Sarah. You never seem to. I thought you enjoyed the party. Oh, I did, I did. But the effort of making small talk with so many people, whoever invented small talk, some man, I'm sure. Mm. <laughs> Why haven't we got sense enough to say only things that have to be said? People's opinions differ about what has to be said, Mr. President. Did you uh, hear anything last night that you uh, wouldn't have said? Quite honestly, no. Shall I bring in your mail? Uh, thank you, Miss Sarah. And uh, when John comes, tell him I... Oh, there he is. John. Yes, sir. Uh, Would you come in, please? You have until 9.30, Mr. President. Excuse me, Miss Sarah. Good morning, Father. Sit down, John. Yes, sir. I never lectured you very much, did I? I mean, I was never the usual father, was I? No, sir, you weren't. I'm not going to lecture you now. But I'd like to know what the quarrel was about. As I told you, sir, it was purely personal. 
I started it, and well, I'm afraid I finished it. Well, what it was about isn't the main issue. You shouldn't have let Lawrence irritate you. It brings you down to his level. Well, not quite, sir, if you don't mind. The point is, your mother and I always hoped you'd want to be in public life. We never wanted to force it on you, and I don't think we did. No, sir. It's an honor to work with you, Father. Is it any more than that? Yes. Washington is where I belong, if I can make a go of it. You can. I've... I've had a long, sleepless night to think it over. Nothing like last night will happen again, sir. You think you can avoid having trouble with Lawrence in the future? I'm sure of it, Dad. This isn't only a personal thing, John. An episode like last night, no matter what it was about, could become very embarrassing to the White House. Yes, sir, I know. There are any number of men, my opponents, who'd seize on a thing like that and turn it to all sorts of purposes, chiefly to attack men I've appointed to important positions. We live in a glass house, John. Never forget it. And on top of everything, you are my son. That makes you doubly vulnerable. Nothing like it will happen again, sir, I promise. Is there, is there anything you want me to do? Right, let's forget the whole thing. Here's the military appointment list. Take it over to Josh Warren, will you please? Yes, sir. Or, Father. Hmm? Thanks very much. Oh, it's all right, son. apologize for last night. Of course. The moment I find you alone. I mean it. I'm sincerely sorry. You took it into your own hands to act as if the White House were yours. I promised myself more from you than just an apology. I'm going to give you the licking you need. We're in the capital, Mr. Lawrence. Mr. Lawrence, I've apologized. Isn't that enough? You might forget an apology. I don't think you'll forget this. Mr. Lawrence. Stop. Lawrence Warren, what's the meeting of this? It's all right, gentlemen. Warren, why don't you let them fight? Well, I haven't touched them, Senator. Mr. Lawrence, I hope you've had your satisfaction. I'd have enjoyed finishing this job. The, the incident is closed. <laughs> don't talk like a diplomat. You aren't one yet. I I have some papers to deliver. You'll excuse me, gentlemen? <laughs> happen, Mr. President. Corwin is already speaking against you in the Senate. Obviously, this is the climax of a plot by Lawrence and Senator Corwin and their crowd to discredit you. His usual line, Warren, my appointment. Yes, he's raking up every incident, using every charge he can think of, of nepotism, payroll padding, and, and just as I left, he was demanding a congressional investigation of all your appointments. Including John? Including John. Why... This can shake your administration all over the country. Warren, I wish I understood what was behind John, John, John's attitude. Well, you know, if I could help, I would. Earlier this morning, right here in this room, John promised me that last night was the end of the Lawrence incident. I thought he understood how embarrassing it might become. And here it is. What? Well, I'm certain he didn't do it intentionally. What Mr. difference President? does that make now? Well, why is he acting this way? Why? It's as if nothing I said to him made any difference. Excuse me, Mr. President. Some messages. Already? Let me see them. Surely. Hmm. 
from the Speaker of the House. Will I please furnish him a full explanation of the incident? He expects questions to be asked on the floor. From the Secretary of the Interior. He's already been invited to appear before a Senate committee on appointments. May he bring up the subject at the Cabinet meeting today. Oh. Will there be any answers, Mr. President? Answers? I haven't got any. Where's John? Why doesn't he come and explain himself? Well, I, I last saw him... At the Whatever cap- he and Lawrence said to each other, I've got to know what it is. Mr. President. Miss Sarah, tell Captain Drew to go out and find my son and bring him here. Yes, Mr. President. Miss Sarah. Yes. I didn't mean it exactly that way. I know, Mr. President. President, and I am sure the uh, other members of the cabinet agree with me. Continue, Mr. Johnson. I've uh, already been unofficially invited to appear before a committee. There are numbers of others, all appointees of yours, who will be called to. Are you afraid of your skins, gentlemen? It isn't that, sir. But it will only give Senator Corwin and the others something to hang on to. A distracting political quarrel that's completely unnecessary. Well, you must have something in mind, Mr. Johnson. Uh, It's Hard to say. There's no room for personal feelings. We have an administration to run as efficiently as we can. Now, go ahead. If um, you were to ask for your son's resignation... Oh, surely he himself must realize, and it isn't as if he held an important post. He's still a young man, you know, sir. I remember being young. Do you? Why, I hope so. And doesn't it seem out of proportion to recommend career over an incident like this? No doubt, sir. We're up against practical politics. I know. I'll give you my answer tomorrow, after I've talked with my son. Very papers, Mr. President, and more messages, not to mention... Where's Captain Drew? He hasn't come back yet. And John's been gone all day. Do you want to read the messages? They're all the same, aren't they? Yes, even the friendly papers seem to be writing with raised eyebrows. I'll raise more than eyebrows before I'm done with... Oh, so you've decided to come back. Yes. Where have you been all day? Do you know everybody in Washington has been clamoring at me over this thing? you know the cabinet got after me about it? Where were you? I've been... Walking. All day. Just walking. Did it take you all day to decide to come and tell what happened and why? Why, I made up my mind quickly enough, sir. Just took a little time to work up the courage. What? Here's my resignation. Resignation? Washington and I don't seem to get along together. Well, of all the childish, foolish notions. Your feelings are hurt, so you want to drop your career, your future... Everything that you've worked for. You said yourself, sir. Everybody's after you. I I saw the papers. That's all right, but... I, I had hoped to help you, Dad. Sorry I turned out to be a millstone. John, there's one chance. If you'll tell me what you and Lawrence actually said to each other last night, no matter how silly it may sound now, or how unimportant... I can't. Then we can explain it publicly. I can reduce the whole thing to its right proportions. I'm very sorry, sir. I, I can't. Goodbye, sir. You're a sentimental young idiot. It'll all be much easier for you, and you won't have to be so angry at me anymore. Now, look here, oh, John. shake hands, sir. John, if you would only reason this thing out. Goodbye, sir. 
Goodbye, Miss Sarah. John, just a minute. Mr. President, are you going to let him go? What can I do with him? He won't listen. Miss Sarah. Mr. President, suppose you knew what that quarrel was about. That would help. Miss Sarah, don't you promise? I promise not to say anything yet, but I can't watch both of you behave like... What was it, Miss Sarah? It, It was my fault. It was not. Lawrence was deliberately insulting. It was obviously a calculated provocation, an attempt to force John into an embarrassing position. John stood as much as anyone could. Insinuations against your honesty, accusation against his own ability. Oh. And then... Lawrence made a grossly insulting remark about John's mother. He said that she is probably dishonest, too. Why wouldn't you tell me this, John? I'm... I'm sorry, sir, but... Because he didn't want you to know what Lawrence said. He took the blame to protect you. He wouldn't play into Lawrence's hands and let this become an issue. Because if it did and it got into all the papers, lots of people would believe the worst, no matter how untrue. John was willing to give up everything here, including your respect to save you from being hurt. Miss Sarah... Now, you... Say goodbye to each other if you like, but at least you'll know why. She she wasn't supposed to do that, Dad. Oh, well, you know how how women are about such things. They, well, I think you and I ought to be mighty glad they are. Don't you? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, I certainly do. already heard why my son quarreled with Henry Lawrence. If our opponents want to make political capital out of that, I welcome the fight. I am standing by my son and other appointments I have made. I will not substitute politics for the best administration I can give. That much the American public have a right to expect. Good morning. Well, you two, are you going out? Oh, yes. It's my first chance to drive Mary around Washington. Oh, John, why don't you take Mary to see that red and white brick house in Georgetown? Oh, that's a wonderful idea. It'll break her heart, but I'll do it. See you later, Mr. President. Come on, Mary. (laughs) And, Miss Sarah, I want you to get a deed to that house. I've already done it, Mr. President. <laughs> You're always one step ahead of me, aren't you? <laughs> well. Well, it was kind of close, wasn't it, Miss Sarah? It wouldn't have been, Mr. President, if John wasn't so much like his father. And what does that mean? Don't you think that the most awful thing about human beings, and the most wonderful is that... That they are human beings? Exactly, Mr. President. <laughs> exactly, Miss Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the story. And that's just how it happened. That same year, my son John and Mary Helen, that was her real name, were married in the White House. And I danced the Virginia Reel at their reception. 
Yes, yes, that's right. <laughs> the Virginia Reel. Because this story took place in 1828, and John Quincy Adams was in the middle of his term as Mr. President. Now, won't you drop in again and see me next week? There's another story about Mr. President I'm sure you'll like. Good night. Seen with Clark Cable, Deborah Carr, Sidney Greenstreet, and Adolph Marju in Metro Golden Mayor's production of The Hucksters. <music> Mr. President, starring Edward Arnold with Betty Lou Gerson, is presented each week by the American Broadcasting Company. It is produced by Robert D. Jennings, directed by Dwight Hauser. Tonight's script by Paul R. Milton was based on an episode in the life of President John Quincy Adams. The musical score was composed and conducted by Basil Adams. speaking, this is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. Owen James speaking, this is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. Each story of Mr. President was meticulously researched to present a true-to-life tale of the human side of the chief executive. The role of president was voiced by Edward Arnold and was carefully written and played so the identity of the president featured that week was not revealed until the very end of the episode, when he was addressed by name. This device was employed to encourage listeners to guess his identity. The series was written by Ira Marion, also responsible for Crime Does Not Pay, and featured some of the top performers of the period, among them Gil Stratton, Hans Conried, Lorene Tuttle, and Herb Butterfield. The announcer was Owen James. The series ran on ABC Radio from June 1947 to September 1953, with stories about presidents ranging from George Washington all the way up to Calvin Coolidge. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.